Now go. Hey, man. Hey. Okay. Hey. So, so we're good, right? This is going. It's going. Yeah, we are. We are recording. Yeah, it's just okay. not as it's not as cool as it could be, you know. Because you don't feel like we're set up to do the theme song the way you want. Yeah, it fucks everything up. I don't. We can't I don't do think the so. theme, We can't do the theme song correctly. I feel like maybe I like <clears throat> maybe maybe in some ways it's kind of flawed from the ground up. Like, did I do too much? Has it has it become overcomplicated? You know what I mean? Because I think much like much like the journey from the first Dune book to where we are in Heretics, you know, we've come a long way. This isn't just uh the the two and a half men song but with dune in it you know i know i mean it's it's morphed into something else yes it's 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 morphed into something absolutely grotesque and un- unnecessary yeah that we weren't prepared, it's certainly that that we weren't prepared to do um i think maybe for chapter house we go back to our roots yeah yeah, maybe we do, right? Yeah, I, I mean, but regardless, I I want to figure out how to get these things working properly, but um, I don't have the uh, foresight to get these things set up before we we <laughs> are set to record. Yeah, I just forget about them until we we uh, call each other, and then like, oh wait, I got to do this thing, and then it takes forever. I, and... Yeah, I don't blame you though. I feel like that's. I mean, I don't think anyone else would agree, but I like to think that that's like our charm. You know, it's like this isn't a, yeah. this isn't some like professional operation. This is just it's truly, mm-hmm. truly, two dudes talking about Dune. That's all it is. You know, absolutely. Yeah, it's like it's... cut out the bullshit. Yep, no bullshit. Just two dudes. We don't know what we're doing. No, we're like. Two two freaking monkeys banging rocks together. Yeah, you know. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. One day we'll discover fire. Yeah, I think we have. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no no frills, no bells and whistles. You know, we don't even have a professionally recorded theme song. This is something that we do by the seat of our pants each and every time. Yeah. Yes, and that's yeah. the way it is. And it is. and we've been we've been approached by several sponsors to to try and get ad revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been asked to sell weird pillows. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, face, you know, like like pillows with people's faces on them, shaped like a face. Yeah. That was one of the big ones. Yeah. Trying to move into the body pillow market. Yes. S- save money by just going with the face, right? It's not yeah. a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It's really not. The, the the one criticism I had of it and a big reason why I decided not to, you know, talk about it on the on the show, which I am now, but what you know. Whatever. Yeah, but this is the this is I'm not yeah, I'm not advertising not in, uh, ad, ad, advertising capacity. Exactly, yeah. So um I think was that they they refused to um they they refused to customize so it was only like 
you know, images of the uh, of of the creator's face. Like you you couldn't like add in your yeah. own face or your friend's face if you wanted to buy. Yeah, it's like whose whose yeah. face is this? Right? It was only the the CEO of the company's face, and, and they thought that everybody wanted that, and that that, but it didn't appeal to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of feels like they're sitting on a gold mine because that that yeah. would be cool, you know. Um, you could do, you know, your friend's face. Yeah. You you could do your partner's face. You yeah. could do. Uh, Timothy Chalamet's face. Yeah, you could do Cham Chams. Yeah, Timmy Cham. Timmy Cham. Um, hey, uh, Connor, we're gonna pause quickly. Everything's everything's Are fine. We? Everything's fine. Don't worry. All right. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. The point, the point is, the point is, uh, this is a humble operation. Oh yeah, all. DIY to the bone. Yeah. I I think our our our, our punk roots really come through here. Like absolutely, it, it's undeniable. Everyone can tell that we are just a kind of old school punk rockers. Yeah. Classic punk, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. That's what this is, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dune Dudes is like the the CBGB like fucking ground floor, like right here. Yeah. You know, right here, right now. Yes, the real shit. It's the real shit, if you will. I will. I'll allow it. Yeah. Yep. You. You. You will, and you do. And, and we do, and you know we 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 will and we do. Yeah, that's how it is on Dune Dudes. And uh, you know, just like punk rock, the ethos. You know, we we welcome everybody, and uh, you know, we 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 strive for an inclusive, uh, safe, fun, anti-establishment environment. You know. Yeah, that's right. What was that? Um... Like the the Gilman Street mantra, it's like no sexism, no, no racism, racism, no sexism, no homophobia. No homophobia. Uh, well, unless in... unless uh-huh. it's uh, in very small, subtle amounts scattered throughout Herbert's writing in Dune. Yeah, I mean uh, that that's an unfortunate um, byproduct of going through this book, uh, these books. But, but I mean, otherwise, but yeah, otherwise, but but otherwise, yeah. I mean, there there's there's really only been one. Yeah, issue. honestly, I, I just, I know, I just like to, uh, to to harp on it. I'm, you know, what can I say? I like to stir the pot. You, you know? are a posturer. Through not, and through. Yes, you know, not me, though. Not me. I, I am not. No. I keep that pot uh, unstir, just stagnant. Yeah. Stirring's always been hard for you. You you have, like, weak, you have the the wrists of a fragile bird. Mm, I do. I've got very dainty wrists, I know. Yeah. That's true, yeah. They, you know, I'll pick up a glass of water and they fracture. It's it's uh, really been detrimental to my personal life. Yeah. And I personal mean... life. <laughs> really That's, my entire you know... life. Yeah. Straws have been such a saving grace for you, though, huh? You Thank know? God for straws. I can just kind of... 
Bye, babe. Love you, too. I can just uh, crane my head down and suck up the water that way. Yeah, you know? like, like a stork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is my spirit animal is, is the stork. So. Yeah. Connor, you you know that. So, you know, thank you for, for shouting out the stork. Yeah. Yep. The the humble stork. Yeah. Uh, on our yeah. humble podcast. I've yes. got pictures of. Yeah, I mean, you you can ask anyone that's been to my place. I've I've got pictures of storks all over my apartment. Um, yeah. Just, just for inspiration, you know, it's like if storks can do it and get through this life, then maybe I can too. <laughs> like those motiva- those old motivational posters, but just like. If a stork can do it, you can too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they are of my own creation. I did design the posters and, um, you know, had them printed professionally and sent over. Just it just it's it's just a great reminder that you know even even though I am, you know, some would say more a stork than human. Yeah. Um, I I I too can perser you know persevere. And persevere or persevere. Um, I like to say persevere. Persevere, persevere. I think persevere. it's. I think it's spelled persevere, but I. I it that's, feels, that's it feels though, right. Then it feels like the root word would be like severe, as in the severe yeah, nature or something. That's so. True. I actually think it might be persevere. I persevere sounds right. It, 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 it's got the right mouth feel. Yeah. To me, yeah. Hmm. Well, at any rate, um, for those listening, you too can persevere, as does the humble stork, for only the low, low price of four ninety nine. You too can have a classic stork motivational poster. Yeah. Uh, the second piece of official Dune Dudes merch. So yep. <laughs> send us in your uh, check or money order. And, uh, you know, we will get those to you in two to uh, 477 business days. Yeah, there, there's, I mean, honestly, the stork poster you know industry is very backed up similar to like the vinyl <laughs> record you know plants they're just yeah. very backed up so we, we just we don't have a, a a good estimation of of when we'll be able to get the orders in but um, it's a they, it's a range for sure it, yeah, yeah it's, it's a great range but they are all made to order so you just send us what quote you want on the poster and then we pick the stork and we put it to, we put it together for you. They can't, so they can pick the quote, but they, they yeah, they can't, can, they can't pick yeah. the stork. They can pick the quote. They can't pick the stork. We 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 reserve the right to pick the stork. Connor, it feels like we are repeating the same mistakes as uh, the face pillow industry. You know, we need to give the people. We need we need to give the people their their freedom to choose. Well, no, that because that would be like if I you know. <laughs> if I put my stork, like my pet stork, I don't have a pet stork yet, but if I did, it would yeah. be like doing pictures of the pet stork um on on every poster. But no, we we just we 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 match the feel of the quote with with a particular stork. That's <laughs> that's like that's our specialty. 
Like anyone, it's can what pick, we do. It's what we do. It's just, it's just what we do. That's our That's specialty. Kind of our thing. Dune dudes is secondary at this oh, yeah. point. It's mainly it's what our... stork is best representative yeah. of of this quote. It's mainly our stork business. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so just you know, keep that in mind. Email dunedudespod at gmail dot com if you're interested in uh, uh, you know getting a stork motivational poster. We'd we'd be happy to put it together for you. Oh, you know, <clears throat> it's it's true. You know, if you rail against the system, you really do become what you hate. That that is one of the greatest takeaways from God Emperor. Okay, and it, it feels Lito. it feels like we are we are constantly proving that to be the truth. Yeah, maybe so. so. Um. All right, man. Do you want to uh, sing? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> do the theme song. You know what? I'm. I think I'm gonna hold up the song to the to my uh to to, to my microphone. Okay. Yeah, we all had right. some technical difficulties. Uh, getting yeah. this getting this set up. Duncan from Idaho just did not have enough time. You know, no. I don't think there were enough stork posters to motivate him in a timely manner. No, unfortunately, he, so far he only has two. I keep on telling him that he needs to. I mean, for, to, to make an apartment feel whole, I would recommend at least six, at the minimum. Yeah, just so you kind of have every space that you're going to enter covered with a stork poster. So you you walk into a room, you see a stork poster, you get the inspiration. You turn a corner in that in that same room. You see a stork poster, you get the inspiration. I just think every turn really should have a, a right, different stork right. poster involved. So true. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna sing our our silly little song. All right, I'm ready, man. All right. Well, we know there's scattered people coming back from outer space. Reminds me of the golden path. Human blood from Lido's wrath. Has everyone forgotten their purpose in this life? Duncan's memories of getting raised. Every mother's repeat mistakes. Well, learn from the past and present. Here, Story, Story to, to tell and glory. They see the present and the future to do. Get back to Okay, I only sang for the last part, but that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. I know you wanted to make sure uh, you, you were you were coming in and in the right rhythm, so it'll be. Uh, so, so, so it'll be un- not synced in the recording. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No problem. I gotcha. That's exactly what I was doing. I gotcha. <clears throat> I gotcha. Oh, boy. Man. Thank God for coffee. Am I right? I know. I, I just finished my third cup. Mm. Nice. Um, I'm done. That's me. I think I'm, I think I'm on day. my third. Yeah, you've really cut back on your... Uh, your coffee intake. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think it's something to be proud of. I I love coffee, and I wish I could drink more. I just can't. It. I think it just makes it like tires me out. 
it's like too yeah. much for my for my nervous system and just kind of, it makes me tired after like four yeah does the you know, eye, it, it has the opposite effect sort of like uh uses all your your energy just to to buzz yeah You're just buzzing around huh yeah i mean i think that is mostly adderall that is kind of it kind of cancels out the the coffee and vice versa so i can't i cannot have them intermingle you know yeah well that's just the way it is right now it's okay man and it's and, and honestly, like since we have uh, pressed pause on average Joe's, it's it's like what's the point, you know? Yeah, yeah. The the pandemic shook up a lot of stuff for us, but uh, you know, it gave us Dune dudes. Here we are. So yes, the uh, the universe giveth, and the universe taketh away. Indeed, indeed. All right, so this was a, a pretty big section. Yeah. Uh, Page-wise, length-wise, in, in comparison. I mean, I this know. for my copy, it was a solid... Uh, I was just over 60 pages, Like 200 pages. Yeah, 60, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, excitingly, because I, I always... I, I like this feeling. Um, it, it brings us past the the threshold we are now firmly in the latter half oh yeah of of this of this book this is crazy uh, that's crazy the, the, yeah this is probably the the book with the longest chapters yeah out i feel of, probably tied i mean i remember the 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 first dune books chapters being it's still had a mixture it's still had a mixture I yeah, feel like there still yeah. were short chapters. There's like no short chapters in this book so far. Yeah, I think yeah, the shortest chapters here are still about ten pages, which yeah. has been like kind of like more right average to to on the longer side even in in children and and even God Emperor sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, he's he has uh, kicked it up a bit, which. For me, honestly, that's fine because I've mentioned this plenty of times. But I'm a I'm a pretty damn slow reader, um, so I appreciated like the the more condensed chapter links in the last few books, and it also feels like I appreciate them being a little longer here. Like Herbert has, uh, you know, it, it just feels like there's more for him to talk about and focus on i guess like it he never elongates anything for no reason you know there's a lot going on here like there always is um but it you know in some of these chapters like particularly um uh the fourth chapter with tag and duncan um really suck me in you know there's like i guess it just feels like it kind of creates more space uh to get to get drawn in to the story of that chapter rather than like starting and stopping it uh sooner than you would otherwise you know yeah yeah i i agree i think um 
and and I mean, it, it, this this definitely is not a uh, criticism, really, or 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 even totally strictly true. I I I feel like this is kind of um, so far the more traditional uh, storytelling um, structure, you know. Uh, out of most of the books, where where it, it it I mean and and it's for variety's sake I, I you know I do appreciate it because it, it's uh it, it definitely builds you up and and fleshes out I mean we we've talked about this but 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 yeah like like all these characters are are very fleshed out and um they're they're all very big um like larger than life in my mind kind of characters yeah they they there's there's a lot of meat on their bones. Yeah, there really is. I am I'm very invested in the cast of this yeah. book, and yeah, and it, and it does feel good because yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> definitely a, a a problem that I kept coming up against in God Emperor. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. And and the the further we read. You know, and this is going to be true in most books, so it's not something amazing. But but Herbert's been doing a really good job of um, of like exploring the complications between the characters' relationships as it continues. You know, they kind yeah. of all have their own orders or agendas or hidden plans. That's all par for the course for Herbert, but um, I just really... Uh, am enjoying the way he's executing it here. I mean, like we're we're gonna get to it, but like that chapter with Teg and Duncan. Yeah, that that um, was uh, a great example of like suspense and build up and yeah. release. Yeah, that was that was very very uh, edge of your seat kind of material. Absolutely. Uh, but before we get there, clearly I'm excited to talk about that chapter, yeah, but yeah. We, we won't we won't jump ahead. Um, the first chapter of this section, it's it's Teg, Lucilla, and Duncan. Uh, you know, like skulking through the the forests of Gamu. Uh, they are following a a kind of memory path laid out from Patron. Um, that Patron explained to to Teg, and so Duncan and Lucilla don't know where they're going, and you know Teg isn't uh, being like very forthcoming about the plan. He's just like, "You follow me, and you'll stay alive." Pretty much, you know. Yep. Um, this chapter kind of covers pretty much the the flowing emotions between the different characters they've been in the forest i think for like three or four solid days by the time they reach their destination um and also tag coming to terms with patron's death yeah is is a big thing for him it is yeah um very very sad it is yeah um Patron's a relatively minor character in in the the grand scheme of kind of like what you said, the sort of larger than life cast of characters. Yep. Um, 
But I think that's that's what makes it hit hard as well. You know, it's like he's he he hasn't been um, underwritten. You know, he he has the the time within the book that he needs to you know still be a character planted within our, our minds as we go through this book and. You know the thing that's that's most striking about him is his his devotion and his loyalty. You know, it's like he's he's not just like a a butler or whatever for um, for Teg. And what what I really like is that Teg later explores is that um, Patron's rank really isn't impressive, but it, he does that intentionally. You know, yeah. Um, and so it's really this idea that even though within like the ranks of the military, there's this this gulf that separates Teg and um, Patron. That you know, between the two of them, they understand each other as you know equals yes. and friends. Importantly, you know, Teg says comrades, but like you get the idea that they love each other. You know, um, definitely. And that's that's big, that's really big. Yeah, I so. mean, and and we we do get more clarification on their, you know, friendship and their their, you know, relationship um, as these chapters go on. But but yeah, this is just kind of you know as as he walks through the forest, it's it's like he he, he keeps on flashing back and realizing, oh shit, Patron is dead. You know, there's yeah, you know, like it's it's a. Uh, that just keeps on swirling around in his mind, even though, you know, as a mentat and, you know, Bene Gesserit, uh, conduit, it's, it's, you know, not, not, not really, um, uh, that, that in vogue to feel those feelings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, um, I feel like one one of the things that Herbert pulls off really well in these chapters, like you're saying, and something that I think kind of flies in the face of what would be considered a more standard approach to this is like, usually it would be like, well, if you're going to kill off a character and want your audience to care, then you need to put in the work to fully characterize them beforehand so by the time they die then the reader has a reason to be like oh man patron but the thing is is that we don't know that much about him beforehand and we learn a lot about him in a very short amount of time after his death that makes it hit harder um in the wake of his passing you know something that you know, could be written to, to seem like, well, why should I care? Because Tag focuses on it so much, and like you're saying, because um, he keeps having kind of these intrusive thoughts. Yeah, like one, you get the idea that um, it's a very big deal to this character that we do care about. So you get some of that, like om- almost like an imprinting. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. But also. Um, when they do get to their destination, uh, 
the the fact that Patrick knows about this place because he explored it as like a youth and he kept it a secret for so long. Tig deduces he kept it a secret because he had like a shitty childhood. You know, he needed a place where he could be um, truly with himself, you know, like not not lonely, but within his own company, yeah. you know, like things like that, that um, only take a sentence or two to actually put on the page. Uh speak volumes you know really Definitely. really give you a lot of information in, in a very compact form which has always been herbert's you know one of his best abilities as an author is to be able to to give you just enough where he knows you'll read in between those lines he he gives you the implications of these things and that's what makes the details feel so real because he doesn't need to tell you everything what you fill in with your mind is so much more powerful than however, you know, 10 extra pages of him just telling you. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely agree. So, so yeah, Patron, a character that I have never really cared to, to talk about in depth in any of our previous episodes. Um, yeah, after, after he dies, um, Herbert handles that really well in his writing and the way that, that Tag specifically deals with it. Yeah. So, um, yep. That that was a surprise to me that I also ended up caring. I thought that was really well done. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, his his character gets gets richer after his demise. Um, yeah, you, you knocked your mic a bit. Okay, I'm back. You're good. Yeah. I, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah his his character gets richer after his demise. Um, uh. Yeah, and that and that does kind of inform uh, a lot of Teg's actions in the first, you know, the first couple of chapters in this section. Yes, or his yes, his his vibe, the general vibe of the group. Yeah, they have to keep doing vibe checks underneath the, the life blanket. They do. <clears throat> um, it's kind of like the yeah. the uh, the blanket from Harry Potter, right? It it does feel a little that way, yeah, yeah doesn't it? Um, I imagine it like mu- it seems like it's much bigger though. Like it's almost seems like it's more like a tarp. Really, yeah. all yeah. three of them are under it pretty comfortably. Yeah, that's probably true. So, um, but yeah, essentially, sure, it's like a, the a cloak of invisibility. Why not? But it, it really seems to shield you from instruments. I think if like someone was just walking through the woods they might see you like, I don't know if it actually <laughs> yeah. like, reflects the surroundings. I think it's just like you avoid detection from, yep. from, from like uh, machines that would find you essentially. Yeah, probably so. Or, 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 um, I mean, prescience as well. Cause, cause Duncan is not immune. He, he's, he, he does not have the, the, uh, Siona gene. Yeah. So he can be be, you know, found via prescience. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, While that's both true. Tag and um Lucilla cannot be. Right, as Atreides, yes. Yeah. Um Yeah, and in the end they are going to what's known as a Harkonnen no globe. Yes. This this is interesting, and they t- we'll we'll get more into the globe in the coming chapters when they they get back to it. 
But this was a pretty cool touch, I felt like, at the end of this chapter. Lucilla correctly deduces that it, it must be something like this, because otherwise they can only evade detection for so long. Schwengyu's gonna figure out that they haven't left the planet eventually. Um, so the fact that like we're kind of simultaneously getting more um, more insight into like the history of this like no technology and also the history of like the Harkonnens on their home planet, you know, um, is, is cool. You know, we're exploring Gieti prime for the first time really, yeah. except for, um, you know, we, we got chapters in the first Dune book at like the Coliseum and, but that was all, very much within the realm of the Baron, you know, it's pretty yep. much all like the castle. Exactly. Yep. Um, this feels like it just gives us more knowledge about the, the planet itself, which is cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I mean, the, the, you know, the Harkonnen history is, is kind of fascinating to me. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in kind of figuring out the timelines. Cause I mean, it's just interesting that they still had a presence yeah by the time Leto 2 was around and i i mean i know we 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 got some indication of uh, a minor spice ward on getty prime or whatever during his reign but i don't think we got really any um information about you know house harkonnen still really being a thing um but uh, but it must have been up until that point to, to to even have a no globe yeah which which wouldn't have been a thing until after leto's death so yes yeah i agree that the timeline's interesting you're right i don't think the name harkonnen is dropped even once in god emperor mm -hmm. i don't think it's ever mentioned even in passing um I think it is. I think it is once because because they mentioned on Getty Prime that's where the Spice Horde is back back um, back in the old Harkonnen days. They they hoarded the spice, and that's also where that that new religion that worships Jessica and Aaliyah as as one person. Oh um, yeah, was from. I think that's the only time it's mentioned. Right, but they don't say it's like Harkonnens doing that. It's no, just they don't. on their planet. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um. And yeah, the no globe thing in the coming chapters, they say that this must have been made, yeah, during the reign of Leto, um, which which does seem particularly interesting that there's this no technology. I mean, like we know that the no technology exists during this time because it's what's used to shield the creation of Hui Nori. So the Ixians and the Harkonnens must have had some kind of a relationship as yeah, well that's, during this point. One can can assume that that you know maybe they they, they did have um some sort of a truce or yeah. partnership going there. And I mean like yeah of course like the the Harkonnens have always had like this kind of insane 
wealth too. Like in the first book, talking about like the, the space travel necessary to bring all the forces to Dune in order to to destroy Duke Leto um, costs like some immeasurable amount of money, and and so too does this no globe cost. You know, something that can't be calculated yeah. in, in a way that would make sense to us. Um, I think that's pretty crazy because the no room on Ix in which we is uh, sheltered is just that it's a room. Right. But this no globe, the dimensions of it are pretty big. I mean, like I imagine it as like this almost like a, I mean, I don't know if it's quite a mansion, but it's bigger than a house. Like it's big. There's rooms within it. Like it's, something you can easily live in with a lot of space. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the Harkonnens were just like, you know, Hey, let's throw all our money at this, you know, like what a, what an advantage this could prove to be to have a space where we could not be seen mm-hmm. by, uh, the God emperor. Yeah. Yeah. And Lucilla even muses on like, is it possible that the God emperor didn't know about it? You know, she thinks not that Leto must've known. Um, I, I guess we could assume that he knew that they were making it, but like yeah. his prescience can't penetrate the globe itself, right? That's kind no, of how it I, is. I don't so. think he. I don't think he'd be able to penetrate the globe, but I think he he would know what was going on, right? Within its, he, uh, you know, with with its absence apparent to him, he he would probably deduce, yeah, what was hap- what what they, what they were doing. So yeah, I mean that's all, that's all pretty cool. That's all interesting. Yeah. Um, one other, I mean, but before we move on from this chapter, I think, um, yeah, we're not even in the no globe yet. We just discover that we just, no, we just, no, no, we no. just discover yeah. the no globe. Um, but on the walk there, um, Teg does kind of make the decision that he has to prevent Duncan and Lucilla from fucking. Yes, he does. <laughs> he can't let that happen. Because yeah. uh, I guess it'll get, away, get in the way of what his purpose is, which is waking up at the Gola. Yeah. Or doing it the right way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it did seem... Tag has orders from Terraza, and Lucilla has orders from Terraza. And they're both following those orders. So the fact that Tag and Lucilla both see the other as an obstacle in executing their their plan mm. I thought was a little weird in a way um, we definitely get a bit more on Terraza I think in the very next chapter that yeah. maybe is the reason for what, what could appear as like a kind of discrepancy mm-hmm. but to them who are, are both incredibly loyal to the B'nai Gesserit um I I guess I thought it was odd that it, there's no feeling that their their orders can like coexist to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I I I think that's just uh I mean, I don't think it would have been a a a thought if if Tag wasn't a mentat, you know. I mean, he he can kind of put that together uh if if uh 
you know, Lucille gets her way and whatever happens, happens, uh, that will play a negative part in his, in, in the direction he's going, um, which I think is probably intentional on Taraza's part. Um, I, I don't know if, if those orders were meant to coexist or not. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, my thought was that some of it is Teg's personal feelings kind of um, obstructing the matter and him interpreting those emotions as logic. Mm. Um, because he has this really awesome line when he is talking with Duncan later where he's like, you know, I'm your teacher, not your father. But I think he does think of himself as a kind of father figure to Duncan yeah. And I think he sees Lucilla as, um, uh, you know, like this very adult threat to his Duncan's um, kind of innocence in, in the way that, like, parents so often view like you know their child growing up and you know learning about uh sexuality essentially on their own you know it's like i i think some of that is wrapped up in there i think it's it is also more like tag of course knows the the manipulation and plots of the bene gesserit so like if it were just any woman Tag would probably be like, okay. But like, sure, sure. Tag is also very much aware that Lucilla doesn't have feelings for him. She's just been ordered to uh, control Duncan. And she's going to do that yes. for sex. Yes. So yes. I, I think he just has like a very knee-jerk reaction to, to try and shelter him from what he knows is like this very sinister seduction. Yeah, I I I agree. It it definitely is personal for him, and I think he absolutely does feel kind of um, like a bit of a father to Duncan, and, and that's definitely showcased in that fourth chapter we've been talking about. Yeah, where 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 he talks about him becoming a man, you know, in front of his eyes. Yeah, much. yeah, yeah. Um, yep. It, yeah, I think you're right on. All right, there's just one, one, one thing I want to touch on about this chapter. Before we move on, I'm going to read this line to you. For my copy, it's on page 208. Um, it's, it's Tag reflecting on, like, you know, the patron did what he did out of, like, a sense of honor and loyalty. Um, and, and that, like, Tag has also been bred to have a code of honor. Like, that's part of what it means to be an Atreides. Like, it's... It's more than just knowing the code. It's like something in your genes, you know? Yeah. And so here's the, the small passage here. Um, it began with recognition that humans were not created equal, that they possessed different inherited abilities and experienced different events in their lives. This produced people of different accomplishments and different worth. Uh...
I think this can be like extrapolated into a in a lot of different ways, yeah. especially when you think about like the breeding program throughout all of these books. The question I want to pose to you, if you have any thoughts on this, do you think Herbert really believes that? Do you think that Teg is speaking for Herbert there? I think most characters are speaking for Herbert when they get all philosophical. Um, but <clears throat> I don't really know how it is meant to be poor. I think you can you can take it a few different ways, right? Like, uh, you know, saying that, you know, uh, we're not all worth the same could be taken, um, you know, to be saying, oh, some people are worth less than others. Which is kind of fucked up. Um, But I mean, it could also be taken as like, well, some people are. uh, It's I mean, it it, it kind of makes me think that that, you know, worth is the wrong word almost. But it, it just kind of seems to me like people are are, you know, used for different things like. Like we're not all equal in the sense that like we're 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 not all useful for for the same thing I guess um, if if you're talking about people uh, being used as tools or uh, for functions you know um, worth maybe to me isn't the right word because it does imply you know some people are worthless <laughs> yes uh, which is very which which is shitty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's a tough one. That's a tough one for me. But I yeah. I, I I decided to interpret it differently. I understand. Um, I thought it was a really interesting line, like because I believe that Herbert um, has a lot of respect and admiration for, like, the collective whole of humanity. So, like, I think on one hand, he would say that, you know, all people who make up the sum of humanity are in some way, um, you know, worthwhile and, and important to create that whole that 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 unity and that power within like the species as the super organism you know but i think it's also clear through the dune novels we've been reading that he he also believes in the power of exceptional individuals that like yeah that there are certain people born at certain times into certain circumstances who, if they they choose to uh, harness the opportunity of the moment, can change the course of history, you know? And he does, he, he definitely does believe that that's possible. He also, I mean, his entire thing is, is warning against that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that there's caution there, but... I mean, I, I don't think he celebrates those people necessarily. But he, the thing he, is, he might hold think on, them necessary. But, but the way that he writes about them, I think, is like very 
romanticized. So if his goal is caution, I don't think he ever really gives the the common people their due. You know, if if it were a story about uh to to be aware of tyrants assuming power and controlling the masses, which which is a strong part of the Dune saga for sure. I think where where he stumbles in trying to convey that message is by never feeling like the the people have power to me, you know, that yeah. they, they kind of are powerless and, and able to be herded like sheep, you know? Um, and I, I, th- I think that muddies the message there because it, it feels like so much focus and awe is given to these uh, otherwise yeah, like shitty characters or, or characters with good intentions that do shitty things, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I tend to think that the warning was pretty much all the first and second book. And then God Emperor is a totally different thing. Um, uh, yeah, but but he, 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 he definitely does romanticize these superhumans. You know the the ubermenches of uh, of 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 history, right? Um, yeah, and and you know does doesn't does it does not really well. Ah, that, that's that's tough too, because I mean, I was gonna say like he he does not place importance on like the collective effort of humanity, but he actually does like within within these organizations such as the Bene Gesserit, like all of these you know opposing factions are like incredible examples of of what humans can do when they band together and work on something um and also when they have the right genes yes yeah that's all that's very true yeah yeah absolutely yeah and and that's very problematic yeah i mean there 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 really isn't a greater example of of you know regular human collective power than the fremen within these books and i think the fremen are a great example of that um but um but yeah they they never really reach the height of these 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 institutions i guess yeah and and I I think largely the 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 importance of their power and their collective action is kind of dropped after Messiah. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, and th- so there is like kind of an interesting turnaround where at the end of Children, you know, Stilgar recognizes that the Fremen have been used as a tool. Um, But it 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 doesn't really feel like enough, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know. There's a, a bigger conversation to have there. We don't need to spend too much more on it. But I, I just thought this was a really fascinating line for Herbert to choose because, like, we talk about. I agree how deliberate Herbert is. And you're like, well, I don't think worth is really the right word. And I'm like, 
I agree with you, but Herbert chose to use that word. Yeah. He could have put many other words mm-hmm. there, and he chose worth. That's true. Um, so so we could talk back and forth about what he could mean, um, if there's interpretation there, or if it should be taken at face value, but you know, he's the one who decided to put that word on the page. And I think it is a very loaded word in this context it, it, and in this yeah, story. It, it absolutely is. And I mean, maybe it, it, uh, it does kind of reveal a bit more about tag too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. And that's kind of why I initially posed the question as, do you, do you think Herbert believes this? Because he could very easily just be using Tag as a vehicle to explore this idea without yeah. believing it himself. And, like, that's something that, like, we've talked about in the past, too. And that was really big in God Emperor, where it's like, I, I feel like, you know, Leto, for the first time, was, like, the true mouthpiece of Herbert. And so, like, that's why the things he was saying, I felt, could be problematic like really problematic because it, it, it didn't it didn't seem for whatever reason in ways that i haven't fully reflected on and explored it didn't feel like um herbert's even just playing devil's advocate it's like oh wow like herbert is speaking through leto you know yeah. um i'm not so sure that's the case here um i think it's one of those things that we kind of need to see where the ultimate themes of these book land and coalesce, but also given the the history of these books, it definitely made me pause and 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 just kind of think like you know why is this in the book? Yeah, I I I had the same thought too. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I, uh, I I quickly chose to interpret it differently. We'll see if that interpretation is proven wrong later on, uh, which it very well could be. Um, but I, I think I based my interpretation of the quote not on Frank Herbert's history, but on the character of Miles Tegg's history from the last however many pages yeah um i've i've known him on so yeah we will see yeah nope that's that's totally fair all right let's go to our second chapter okay um so this is this is tuek odrade and waf um having a meeting and they all have their own things going on. I like that we get um, we get a chance to be in each of their heads throughout this conversation. And uh, the way I that this conversation grows is, is really well done. I, I love how it, it does seemly, uh, seamlessly um, change from perspective to perspective. I think it's yeah. done really well. Yeah, it is. Um, and the fact that it starts with just Odrade and Tuek, but knowing that Waf is listening yeah. to uh, Tuek being called out and Waf being forced into the room. Um, 
Yeah, and even knowing that there's there's priests listening too, you know, there's like there's always someone spying and in other Bene Gesserit. Right, and other Bene. Yeah. yeah, yep. So, so everyone kind of has their own interests, uh, very focused on this meeting. There's a lot of power contained in this room. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, the the conversation and the steps that get us to this point are also very fascinating, but. Really, what ends up happening ultimately is Waft makes a decision to try and kill both Odrade and Tuek. Only kills Tuek. Odrade's too fucking boss witch and breaks his arms. Um, And in order to, uh, to, to stop this situation devolving into complete chaos... Um, it's decided that to, uh, Waffle have one of his face dancers assume the role of Tuek. Yep. Um, and this is even known to the, the priests, you know, this is, uh, strictly a, a move to, you know, um, m- make sure things do not destabilize, exactly. that they do not lose their grasp. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, kind of the faction that was against Tuek. Uh, they, they, they're they're kind of using this this uh false high priest as um uh, you know for for their means they 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 think they'll be able to get what they want yeah all three all three parties here think that they have the advantage over the other two yep so I, I feel like particularly because of the story that's being told and the characters that we're following more often than not the, the takeaway I had is that it's still the Bene Gesserit in control. Um, but that could very well not be true. You know, any any turn could happen here, and we find out that, you know, Waff has a, a move literally up his sleeve, uh, you know, to to make this work out in the Tleilaxu's favor. Yeah. But right now, it, it feels like uh, Odrade still has a, a handle on the situation and, and, and knows what's happening and why. So that's yep. kind of where I'm at. I, I, I agree. And I mean, just another example of just how immensely powerful the Bene Gesserit are right now at this point in Dune history. Like they, they, they are really fucking skilled. Yeah. But they are scared. They are scared because of, you know, the scattering Flipping back and and just how great these new people probably outnumber them. Yeah, that is it. Um. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I recognize that we didn't really talk a lot about the conversation itself. Is there anything you want to single out in the chapter? Um. I don't have a lot to say. I think it's just really well done. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think feel. so. I think it was just another example of, um, like, you know, great tension and build up while, you know, I, I mean, I, I think the, the, the point where Odrade, you know, tells uh, Waff to come out or, you know, tells Tuek that she knows that Waff has been listening. I think that's it just, it's just, it's really well done. It's really great. And yeah. Tuek is like uh, you know I'm almost bummed that Tuek died because he's a great kind of uh, you know kind of 
character that was just like so out of his depth the entire time in this yeah. scene that, that it was a joy to watch because he's just trying to be a be the big man but he's he, he's being pulled in so many different directions that he, he, he you know he's like sweating the entire time yeah yeah and he knows it too yeah he, he mentions he feels like a like a ball being like passed between them yeah yep exactly and, and i mean they, they they talk a little bit about about the uh the Atreides Manifesto and um, yep, that's right. Tuek really does not want to hear anything about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I I I I enjoyed the the chapter, but uh, yeah, there's not much more to it than that. I don't think. Yeah. Something you said just made me think. Um, I it, it, this is a, another good chapter too to show like how the Bene Gesserit use their their knowledge and skills in order to like trick people into thinking that they are like these magical beings mm-hmm. you know like Odrade knows that Waff is listening um at least partly or maybe completely I kind of uh because Taraza is the one who sent Waff to Rackus yes. in the first place yes, you know yes, like yes. yep yep so she has this background knowledge given to her by her order. And, of course, Tuek has no idea. So when Odrade calls that out, Tuek's like, can she really read minds? You know, is is she truly this uh, otherworldly being? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's just, it's just cool to see how the B'nai Gesserit are constantly, like, um, taking advantage of these opportunities to poise themselves as this thing that they know they're only posing as, really. Um, yeah, absolutely. But but that they, which is their whole deal, you know, that they yeah. use to their advantage. This was a cool chapter for that, too. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, um, one more thing, too, is that uh, in the Atreides Manifesto, I guess it is stated that... Um, what, what where is it oh that that all gods that humans worship are 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 human made you know they're 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 all made by man the god you know these these, these gods that people worship and that's kind of why Tuek is so opposed to the idea because obviously that's sacrilege blasphemy yeah um so that's interesting and then also um just at the end when when you know they when Waff is strong-armed into making an alliance with uh, Odrade, uh, she says some very key things that, that, that make Waff think that maybe she is not a Pawinda, after all. Yes. Yeah, he still continues to have his suspicions yeah. in the the fifth chapter, so it's not just like completely gone, but yeah, she's putting in the work still to... Uh, to make him believe that, yeah, not not only Odrati, but like the Bene Gesserit as a whole are kind of operating under the same religious belief. Exactly, as both the both Taraza and Odrati have deduced that this is a it's a great way to manipulate Waff, like or yeah. the Tleilaxu in general. That, that that they kind of subtly drop hints that they they share the same belief system. Yeah, yeah, very smart. Um, yeah, the the way that uh, the Bene Gesserit have have always um, used religion as a tool and continue to do so. I mean, that's 
that's definitely a, a huge commentary coming from Herbert there. Um, that that I think is uh, done with a lot of expertise. Yeah, and 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 very naturally woven into his world. So, yeah, I, I like that interplay. These characters have a really good back and forth. That um, that yeah does a good job of just making the Bene Gesserit seem smart. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so our third chapter. Here we get Taraza. Um, she's pretty much just in like her her study um, on Chapter House. She's she's like in the Chapter House on Chapter House Planet on Chapter House Island, Chapter House Planet. Yeah, so it's like. We talked about this before. We're like, so Chapter House Planet, Chapter House is a planet now? And yeah. it's like, sounds like Chapter House is like its own building or institution or something. And wherever it's located, they're like, well, that's Chapter House Planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she, she mentions in this chapter that they've been on the planet for 1400 years, I think it is. Yes. I was going to mention that because I'm... I'm almost wondering if the chapter house can move. Yeah. My first thought was like, oh, so the chapter house has been on this planet for 1400 years. That's interesting. But it, it has to have been around for longer than that because they talked about the chapter house um, during, during Leto's reign. Yeah. Um, when when Chenoe was talking with him, I think, I think that's the first time we see the the words come up. Um, and when they talk about it the first time, they mention like it houses artifacts from like the distant, distant, distant past. And yeah, it doesn't mean it's been around for as long as the objects in it. Of course, like that's just what like a museum is. But I get the idea that it's longer lived than even what is stated in this chapter. And my, my thought right now is just wherever chapter house is, is chapter house planet. Cause I think yeah. she, she also kind of mentions like, um, like eventually they'll be discovered, you know, like that's mm -hmm. kind of the, the threat that they're going to be discovered eventually. And yeah, that's it, true. it sounds yeah. like that just happens given enough time. Right. And then yeah, kind of just go. yeah. I think that's a pretty good theory. I think you might be right on that one. So I don't know. Um, sorry, I'm sending a text message quick. Better hurry the fuck up. Can't text. I'm, I'm hurrying. All right, I'm hurrying. let's pause quick. I'm gonna go pee and get another uh, drink. Okay. All right. So, anyways, uh, Taraza's really just struggling with um, what her next move should be. She's, of course, in this position of uh, extreme leadership. She's the top of the pyramid for the Bene Gesserit. Um, and... There's there's been a small disruption in their plan because 
after the face dancer attack on Gamu, Tag, Lucilla, Duncan have essentially vanished and have not been able to get back in contact with Terraza. So Terraza is not exactly sure what to do. Uh, feels like she really has to weigh her options. Um, and really what she decides is to send Burzmali, uh, who we did get name-dropped maybe even in like the first chapter, but very, very early on. Uh, when when Tag is like being called back in du into duty, Taraz is like, "Oh, well, we'll reinstate you as head Bashar," and he goes, "No, that would only shame." Yes, Molly. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So he's even kind of being brought back into the fold. We don't know if he'll, you know, be like a full on character or if he's just kind of serving a narrative purpose. But, anyways, he's being sent to Gamu. Taraza considers sending him to Rackus, but she's like, no, I have this hunch yep. that, uh, that that Tag and the others are still on Gamu. That's where I'm sending Brismali. So uh, that hasn't come to any kind of fruition yet, but sounds like that's the plan. And the other big thing is Taraza is mulling over the idea of killing Odrade. Yes, this is this is big. Um, the, the the way she describes Odrade. Um, and yeah, her... How does she describe it? Her... her um... is, it, is it this line? Dar and Tar, that opening into Odrade's limited warmth would limited not warmth. be well shielded from the yes. Dar and Tar direction. Yep, exactly, yeah. Yeah, you know, using her her limited war warmth and their connection um, to maybe at some point ending her. Yeah, I um, I was. It's one of those turns where like I'm surprised by it, but like that's the idea. Yeah, I think it's done really well. Herbert wants you to believe that they have this close relationship because of their past um and of course odrade believes that because she she has that emotional capacity and this is herbert kind of being like well this this is just another way that the bene gesserit um use love as a weapon right you know yep. even even within their own order that um odrade herself can be manipulated and taken advantage of because it's known that she has the weakness of emotion. Yep, exactly. And and Terraza is separated from that. So yeah, and that's, I mean that's cool. It is. Yeah, and it's not a surprise. I mean, we uh, <clears throat> we've we've definitely uh, known that Odrade has kind of been the most tapped into these emotions um, out of you know any Bene Gesserit in this book at least. Um, or in, in, and and most barring Je even Jessica even maybe you know yeah but did you suspect that Terraza wanted to kill her because I oh didn't. no 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 I'm 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 not saying that we 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 thought that she was going to be killed 
but I, I, I think we did think that um, her emotions would get the best of her. E- yes, but if someone else is plotting your downfall, is that your emotions getting the best of you? It's not like I think I mean, so. We're not, we're not there if yet. They use, but... If they use if if they use the, your emotions against you, then I think that is. Yeah, I mean, I feel in like a, that describes in an more... organization that is explicitly, you know, explicitly weaponizes that. I I do think that uh, uh, would would count, but I don't know. Yeah, but that's not like a decision that Odrade herself is making that leads to her downfall. It's more that we'll have like, to wait and see a weakness within her. I mean, and exploit it. It you know it could it could lead to a decision being made on emotion um so you know i i, I don't think that terrazzo is going to have any actual blood in her hands you know i, I don't think she's going to have anyone come and stab her i think she's yeah. going to manipulate her emotions so she dies for the cause or or dies for terrazzo for for you know uh, uh because of her her love for her yeah i think that's how it would probably play out well, that's all speculation. So regardless, my thing was, and it's not that we need to know that, that some explanation needs to be provided right away. Like, it's n- not important. But why does Terraza want to kill Odrade? I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I I think it's because of her um, limited warmth. Because because at, at you know at the moment it's useful for them, but but it could very easily become dangerous for them in their in their um, plans. Yeah. Right. So like potentially Terraza, like you know that they also. Everyone knows, right, that Odrade has this emotional capacity, and up to this point, they've been using it to their advantage. But but at a certain point, it kind of tips, yeah, and and could be the weakness within the order I to be removed. So. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. So we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. But that that was something that I yeah again didn't expect. Holy shit, Butternut is going crazy. Do you hear her? I do. Butter squash. Yeah. Butter bitch. <laughs> yeah, she's a real uh she's a real butter bitch for sure. Yeah, she's got this cat toy that she like just is hitting across the floor and chasing periodically, so what, uh, a, what a butter bitch. Yeah. Butter bitch, butter bitch, butter, butter, butter bitch, butter bitch, butter bitch, butter, butter, butter bitch, butter bitch, butter bitch, butter bitch. I don't know. Are you doing a song? Nutter bitch, butter bitch, nutter butter, nutter butter. <laughs> are you making this up or are you <laughs> okay? No, it's a popular song. No, no, I'm not saying. I mean, I get that you're like putting it, but oh, is, no, it's is on the, the top the 40. Tune, is the tune, are you like parodying anything or did you just decide, hey, I'm going to do a dumbass song? No, it's 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 Nutter Butter Bitch by um, Ariana Grande. Never heard I of guess, it. No, I, I guess I, I've really been out of the music. Loop yeah, you lately. don't listen to the radio. No, no. Well, um, guess what? You're going to be familiarized with it when I give you my album of the month. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, folks, you heard it here. We're going to revive our old podcast, Swapping Spit, but we're not going to put it out for the people. Okay, right. So it's not a podcast. That's the point. Oh, we're going to record the podcast. We're just not going to put it out for the people. No. It's just going to be for us. No. We're going to record it and edit it. It's going to be no. the... You don't edit. You don't edit shit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit this, but we're not going to put it out for the people. It's just going to be for us. Wow. Can't wait for us to set up our Patreon and make that the Patreon exclusive. I mean, as long as we're the only two subscribers, I don't, it, it, it's, not, <laughs> it's not going out to the it's not going out to the people. This is for us. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, that's right. You uh, let's tease the listenership. You can uh, you can get the stork posters, but I'll be damned. I'll be damned if you listen to new swapping stuff. Yeah, fuck that. You had your chance and you blew it, people. <laughs> that's right alright uh, anything else in the third chapter you want to talk about um no I, I just uh, you know Terraza is kind of getting lost in all of the responsibilities and stuff kind of towards the end she she is kind of um, uh, yeah she she's she she's she's kind of freaking out a little bit, which you know this this is kind of the maybe the most vulnerable we have seen her thus far. Yeah, she definitely thinks like, oh, I shouldn't be, uh... or you know, like other people would never never suspect a reverend mother superior capable of um, such indecision. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, she does kind of admit to herself that she still has that, um, that very much human capacity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, more, more talk about, you know, never again will we create a Kwisatz Haderach or a tyrant. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because... I gotta get this fucking butter bitch out of here. Hold on. Butter nutter bitch. Come on. Get out. Get out. Come on. Get the thing. fuck out of here. Get that guy the fuck out of here. Okay. There we go. Yo, did you get that guy the fuck out of here? Oh, she, man. she's a she's a girl cat. She's she, a, well, all she's a butter bitch. Connor, we know all cats are girls, okay? So I was just saying he as just a gender neutral term, okay? So you can go, <laughs> you can fuck off. <laughs> You can use he as a gender neutral uh, term, okay? <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah. This is 2021. Yeah. We all I know cats you. are I girls. I have a lot to learn from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not thank you for thank you for always keeping this podcast on the cutting edge of uh, uh, the the gender conversation in society. It's, well, you know that's I I'm just following in Frank Herbert's footsteps. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, 
Okay, right, the Kwisatz Haderach thing, though. Um, I, I like that you pointed that out because... It, I, I guess it's just like, so what's the plan? So it's not a Kwisatz Haderach that they can control? Because, you know, Shwingyu has been against Terraza this whole time because she fears the creation of a Kwisatz Haderach. And, yeah, it's never been explicitly said that that was Terraza's goal either. But it feels like if Shwingyu's the opposition, wouldn't it make sense? So it's kind of like, if it's not, to do something like that, then what is the end goal after all? Yeah, I mean, I I would assume that they are trying to turn Duncan into something slightly different and slightly more um, controllable. But uh, it's such a slippery slope, and such a and and it's so close to, you know. Um, the formula for Kwisatz Haderach, that that's where the the danger comes in, where I, I feel like Shwingu doesn't want them fucking around with that at all. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, but whereas Terraza and 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 her, you know, followers are, uh, uh, they're up to playing with fire. They're confident in their ability to not let the mistake happen again. Whereas Shwingu and, and, and her, her ilk um don't believe that don't believe that they are are capable of avoiding that mistake yeah or don't think it's worth it at least yeah yeah i think that makes sense and that's kind of what it feels like right now but um and also i mean definitely why is that tatarak i feel like is the, the term has probably evolved over the millennia to just refer to paul you know um, like, cause initially the idea was like, you could control the Kwisatz Haderach, but when that was, what, you know, when they, they were finally born, uh, they had no control over him and he was the Kwisatz Haderach. So I, I just feel like the, the terminology has kind of shifted as well. Um, maybe, I mean, I the Bene Gesserit, have a, uh... no, stop talking. The <laughs> Bene Gesserit have a really strong... Uh, understanding of why that is though or or why they believe that is because it's it's not that they can't control the Kwisatz Haderach it's that they were born uh, just a generation short of their ultimate breeding plan the, the yeah. Kwisatz Haderach that they could control should have been born of um, Jessica and the Duke's daughter and uh, Fade Routha yes correct so I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yes, it's associated with with Paul, of course, because he's the only Kwisatz Haderach that's been successfully born and then not controlled. But I think the the Bene Gesserit as an order still believe that um, the control is possible, but that they were born like out of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that's the case too. I'm I'm not saying that they think any Kwisatz Haderach cannot be controlled. I just feel like. Since Paul is the only Kwisatz Haderach that has ever been, and now it's millennia has passed, I, I feel like he is the Kwisatz Haderach. And to call this new thing they're doing with Duncan a Kwisatz Haderach um, would leave a poor taste in their mouths, and it's it's a it's a it's a tainted word, I think. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. All right. 
hey, that's fair. Um, I want to just point out one more thing about this chapter uh, for myself. So, on page 226 of my copy, uh, there's this line I'm going to read. Let me find it quick. Um, okay, so she's talking about um, kind of like feeling uh, drained of like going through her other memories. And here's the line I want to single out. Um, uh, it was a torturous track through other memories, which she felt too tired to follow. Right at the edge of the track would be observations of Muad'Dib, the Atreides bastard, who had shaken the universe twice, once by dominating the Imperium with his Fremen hordes, and then by spawning the tyrant. Um, but this is important, I think, because actually I should have read the line before too. It says Terraza sent her awareness roaming backward along that unbroken line of mother's superior. Mm. So, so when she's going back through these other memories, it's not simply just through like the general um, female line of ancestry. She's specifically going back through the line of other mother superiors. And it says that at the end of that line, she would see herself observing Muad'Dib. And so I think Jessica is the first mother superior. Maybe. I... I don't think that title's ever been used in this book. Like, I don't think when she shows up in Children of Dune, it's like, oh, no, Reverend Mother Superior. So. I think she's just still like Reverend Mother. Yeah. Um. I it it it, it might be a retroactive kind of thing, a posthumous title given. Maybe because I, because I mean, so many of these Bene Gesserit do have like they can tap into Jessica mind or 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 whatever you know, like 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 she's a renowned figure. It's true. It just feels like more because the context of viewing these memories were specifically talked about as uh, mother superior memories. To say that at the end of that line would be the observation of Muad'Dib, I think all but kind of confirms, yeah, maybe it is a, a posthumous thing. It but could be, I think, yeah. I mean, I there... think Jessica's considered a Reverend Mother Superior. She She's also not the only Reverend Mother that was in contact with Muad'Dib, but, um, but yeah, it's a good, it's, it's, it's it's probably that's probably the case um where where the the memory line ends up it's either her or uh, moheim word um and personally i don't think moheim has mother superior um but it, it, it you know is mother superior material no no she she was killed off screen. She, she, she's sake. yeah. She's not. Uh, she's not. She doesn't have the the composure in the end. No. Um, no. She's very swept up in uh, in her fear. She has a lot of fear. And we don't stand Reverend Mothers who get killed off screen. No. Mm -mm. Although actually, I guess Jessica's killed off screen. She's not killed. Well, she dies. 
It's different. She she dies. Of, <laughs> that's totally different. We, we don't. I mean, we don't know. What if she was killed? We she could have been killed. No, she no, no, no. Lita would. Lita would not have let that happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. His his precious grandma. Yeah, there we go. Oh, don't kill! Oh, don't kill my Grammy! Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! I see it! I see it in my mind. Someone's gonna kill my Grammy. That's. That's oh, how. Knows. That's how I read Leto's voice yeah. uh, every time in my uh, yeah, in I mean, my mind. You know, he uh, never grew up. You know, he, he was just a kid face on a worm, just a baby yeah. face on a worm. You know. Yeah. And he had. I'm sure he had like a. You know, a little a cute little lisp as a kid. You know. Yeah, totally. I think that's how he talks his entire life. Yeah, I, that's why people. You know, they were always uh, selling them short. You yeah, know? exactly. That's what they did. They sold him I, short. I, I pictured him with, uh, you know, like a like a little sailor outfit and a <laughs> yeah. giant ass lollipop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a spice lollipop. He loved those things. Yeah, totally. That's my Lido. Nothing but respect for my Lido. That's a fucking lootly. Oh God! All right. Um, the baby face tyrant. <laughs> So, any other comments you'd like to make on our third chapter, or shall we... Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Sweet. Fourth chapter. Here we go. Uh, so the first thing that we have to mention is there's a clock with two people fucking on. Yes, there are. It's such a Harkonnen artifact to have, right? It really is. Duncan is so unsettled by the yeah. fuck clock. <laughs> the fuck clock. <laughs> and, and I, oh my god, I love how, I I love Tech's response. Oh, gross! I, yeah, he's just, exactly. Gross too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At first, he's like, "What do you?" Uh, uh, he's, he's like, yeah, he just goes, "Oh, gross." Oh, I love <laughs> it. That's perfect. Yeah. So, um, it is, it it is a cool detail because yeah, it's like it 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 kind of gives us more on like sort of the 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 very surface level like uh indulgence and hedonism of the harkonnens you know they're all about uh penis firmly clasped in vagina Mm -hmm. um but but like you're saying too that like duncan kind of grows up in a heartbeat you know and at the beginning of this conversation with teg He's still like, what could Lucilla want from me? I don't, yeah, I, I know, don't right? understand. Or, I know. sorry, actually, let me let me do that again. I don't know what <laughs> Lucilla wants. <laughs> I don't know what does Lucilla want. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. And baby dunk, baby dunks. And then, yeah, little dunkaroos. Um, oh man, oh my god! By the by, the end of the chapter, though. By the end of the chapter, it's it's a whole new Duncan. Yeah, that's or, for sure. Yeah, or a whole old Duncan. Oh boy. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, geez. Exactly. Though you're exactly. fucking right, though. Oh my god. Yeah, in the beginning of the chapter, he's like, "Well, what is sex?" And then by the end yeah. of the chapter, he he's like, "What does he call it?" He 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 calls it like like something gross, like. Yeah. I I don't know what he like. Something gross. Yeah, something, something, 
something gross like that gross ass freaking claw. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, it's it's very much like yeah the the lack of comprehension and even a kind of uh, distance and and revulsion from sex to you know yeah in in the snap of a finger he's like hey what's going on this yeah show? you know yeah, yeah. which of course. There's no reason that that change wouldn't occur as he uh, gains the adult memories of his former life. Of but, course. But, but what I'm saying is the clock is representative of that change. It's, yes. It's, some, it's a visual metaphor. Yes. 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 I, I, I agree with that. But yeah, he, he, he goes from not knowing what sex is or at, at the very least not having any inkling that Lucille is is going to fuck him to imprint on him. Um, to to saying, <laughs> perhaps I'll sing you a song. Not as good as old Gurney Halleck would do it, but good enough to prepare for a little bed sport. Yes, bed <laughs> sports. <laughs> oh my god, that that's such a Duncan thing to say. Oh my god. Yeah, and by extension, like such a stupid Herbert line. Yes, absolutely. It, oh yeah. my goodness. It's it's still I don't know if we can ever top beef swelling, but bed sport no. is uh, it's at least under, but in the same category. It's in the sure. same realm so. for sure, for sure. It's up there. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, it's a funny one. Mm-hmm. Um, but but anyways, this chapter <clears throat> largely is not funny though. Surprisingly, no. Very no. intense. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, tag is um you know, forced uh, by his own Atreides honor and loyalty um, to carry out these orders that he says openly at the end of the chapter, make him feel uh, very gross. And, you know, beforehand, I think, I think the, the biggest part too, you know, the, the characters have this like very quiet recognition um, that, the change is going to occur now. Like it kind of feels like neither of them were aware at the start of their conversation. Like, I, I think it really does begin as something like very innocuous. Yep. Duncan's just chilling out. Tag just approaches as him, but they kind of like both recognize these signs within each other. Exactly. They, they, they realize the moment has come. Yeah. Um, and you know, so too, duh, you know, do does the reader like real? Because at first, too, I'm like, is it happening now? Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure if this is just a precursor or if it's really going down. I and know. then, you know, it starts, and it's like, of course, it's now in a way, um, because not only does it feel the most satisfying to like introduce. Like, you wouldn't start this process without concluding it if not for, like, not that Herbert couldn't or wouldn't do that. But the way that it's done here in the chapter is, um, I, I, I think, very satisfying because it, oh, yeah. it does start with that uncertainty. And you kind of realize with this unfolding that it is happening. It, it almost is the same feeling I had when... Um, when Leto in Children of Dune is waiting by the Quinnat and the the first sand trout approaches him. Yeah. And and you're like, well, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And then it continues and you're like, 
oh, it's now. Yeah, you know? it's happening now. Yeah, yeah. Without, without any uh, real announcement or um, or fanfare, it is something that occurs within the mundanity of the moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like like normal things happen in real life. Like like these these crazy, you know, life altering moments. They just happen. In real life, there's no dramatic music or, or you know, crazy foreshadowing or build up. It, these things just happen largely. So that's a great part of uh, Herbert's writing that that I um you know it's it it's never not thrilling to get to a moment like this. Um, but I mean, oh my god, the setting for this too though a Harkonnen no globe, yeah. like that that moment where you know he just loses his shit about the Harkonnens before he makes the transformation. He's like, why am I getting so fucking angry? Like, yeah. Oh man, it's so good. And it, it's, uh, it, it just could not be more perfect. It makes me, it makes me feel like they always needed to get to the Harkonnen ship for this to really happen. It's, which I, I don't know. That's good. It's, but that, that definitely triggered something deep 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 within his bones yeah yeah no it it absolutely did and i guess you have to imagine that um tag was stealing himself for this moment because of course he knows where they're headed yeah um and it does kind of feel like a coincidence of fate in a way where it's like yeah it's necessary for their survival but like it's also the very thing that causes these things to come to a head as well yeah yeah um which i'm sure take was was very much focused on too yeah somewhere. and i mean you got to think that he he would know that there was a harkonnen no globe there because of patron you know discussing yeah. it with him so that probably was on it to, to take him there in in some sort of fashion was probably always on his mind you know yeah and this is just one of the circumstances for that to happen came together true i really like how when duncan is essentially locked within the keep on gamu that he would look out the windows at the forests and it kind of symbolizes this um freedom of escape and and um kind of like being able to escape the responsibilities of what other people are imposing on him and living out his life as like this free individual. But when it finally does come time for him to enter the forest, um, it only leads him to losing that part of himself. You know, he, he kind of always looked to it as like this, uh, this opportunity to like live his life away from these things. And it's, it's the very thing that causes him to, you know, never fully lose because it's described that the process is emerging, but he he does not get to stay the Duncan that he was in his mind. He he becomes this other Mm -hmm. thing. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like, Teg was saying, you know, it's it's not exactly like losing himself. There's going to be a like two, like he said like two levels of memory, you know, for for a period before they merge. Um 
so yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's 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 a very strange process that you know probably can't be understood by anyone that is not going through it themselves, right? Yeah, that seems to be it. Um, like it's one of those things. It's like the 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 those in the Dune universe have like a strong enough understanding of the process that like they know what step it's like they know what steps to do to yeah. get the desired result but they don't know the language you know yep 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 um so it's really more of like a phenomenon that they can channel rather than something that is like a, a known science to them yeah it is this this weird thing that exists on like the periphery of their knowledge um which is a cool thing to have in your sci-fi universe. You know, usually yeah. you would expect the intricacies of all these technologies to be known to the characters. And yet it's, it's kind of just as uh, unknown to them as it is to us. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's um yeah, it's a formula to them. And uh, I mean, it's not like they, they, they don't know nearly as much about it as the Tyloxu do, you know. Um they're just using this this tool that they've been provided but have limited access to how it actually works, you know. Yeah, and like hearing the steps that Tag has to go through in order to unlock those memories it's it's cool to see him like think about those steps and then have to uh you know execute them yeah and throughout this process and this is actually a very different process than what we've been used to uh it is with with uh regaining these memories it's no longer you know um attempting murder on somebody you care about you know from your previous life or or it's it's kind of just like getting them to uh, a point of super intense desperation and stress and then instigating a, you know, uh, a physical confrontation with with a person that you deeply care about, I guess, is kind of uh, how it seems to go down. And and, you know, making sure there's there's key things being done and said and um, in 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 preparation, I guess. Yeah. But most importantly, too, is to to have someone who under that that stress, the Gola will perceive as someone from their previous life. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So. It's yeah, the, the point at which Duncan calls Tag Leto. Yeah. That seems to be the transition. Yes. yes. Where. um where he unlocks those memories. Not all of them. There are like memory dampeners, so not everything hits at once. Um which seems like it could serve the dual purpose of like, you know, not overwhelming the Gola, but also there might be certain things that uh you know by by not giving to them as well. Um, still keeps the the Bene Gesserit in that like position of power over. Yeah, him. that's true. 
there, there's also the the matter of you know uh, they they wonder if there was any Tylocks who tampering with mm-hmm. him. Um, yep. And 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 also, you know, at one point, I think Teg asks like, "Oh, you know, your memories are back. You know who you are. Like like, but you've got it all." And he's like, "Yeah, but in in his head, he's like, there's something big that has yet to to be unsurfaced. That yeah, that's bad. It's very bad." <laughs> Yeah, right. And it's not just his death, right? Because he thinks about that, too. He talks about that. It's So he imagines Lucila dead in a pool. Yeah, right. That's how the chapter ends. Yeah, yeah true. Um, hmm. <clears throat> yeah, the, um, the whole lead up with tag being like oh you know you're gonna hate me you know I, I wouldn't expect anything else and then it it ending with um duncan being like no you know i i don't um yeah. i like that because I, I think that's another thing it's uh that that tags belief that duncan will hate him is just a projection on Tag's part that he yes. mistakes as logic again that yeah Tag hates himself for feeling like he has to do this yes and then right. going through with it yep um yep. which is another cool part you know he uh he Well, it's one of those things, it kind of, it's it's sort of like how Duncan fell in God Emperor, right? Where it's like, that it's it's his code of honor um, that makes him serve, but it's also his code of honor that, that, that allows him the capacity to question the orders there that are being given to him. You know, like, yeah. he, he feels... That what he is being told to do goes against the Atreides code. Mm-hmm. But, and I was thinking about this because at first I was like, hey, you know, it's kind of a, a thing. You know, it's like, I get why Duncan served Leto because it's ingrained within him to serve the Atreides. And that's yeah. where the conflict comes from. But mm-hmm. I was like, there is no Atreides giving the orders to Teg, but Teg is imprinted. Mm-hmm. And so that's where yes his loyalty lies absolutely yep that's that's that is the that's totally true you're right so it it really shows the power of this imprinting as well i guess that's the big idea with duncan too it's like because duncan is conditioned to serve the atreides how do you circumvent that or or how do you move that loyalty to something else that's such a good question and and yeah i mean if Lucilla doesn't get a chance to imprint on him. I mean, it might even be it might be too late. They're not it doesn't seem like they're totally sure. Um but if she does not imprint on him, then they do not have control of what they've created. Yeah. Which is the big uh-oh. Yeah. That's that's the major uh-oh. As Schwangi would say, that that's the big uh-oh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um yeah, the whole fight between them two, Tag and Duncan, is really well done. Yeah, the whole thing, it's its really just that feeling of, you know, Tag 
having to do these things against his better judgment, yep. against his own emotions. Yeah. Yeah, this is such that, a that that makes the scene so layered. It's an it's it's an incredible showcase for Tag. Um just his thought process and you know, him following the these orders to the T and just kind of you know being tormented in in his mind and uh, it's 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 a it's just such it's a, it's so well done it really is yeah. and, and the and, and the tension and conflict is 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 terrific um yeah this was an awesome one it was and and it, it just ah it's so it's it, for me it was so sad when duncan before you know right, right before the the breakthrough happens He's just asking Tag, you know, like, why can't I be your comrade? Why, like, like, why, like, yeah. like aren't, aren't we friends? Or, and, like, uh, it's just the desperation was so real. And and then Tag even st- sheds a tear. Mm-hmm. Tag, t- you know, Tag turns away because he, he's getting too emotional. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's very intense and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's masterfully done. It is. Yeah, uh the the conflict between love and duty is very strong mm, throughout yes, this book. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure we are not done with uh Herbert's exploration of those things. No. So Yeah, I, I also really like this chapter. The fact that it happens like smack dab in the middle of this book too, I think is great. You know, it feels like we get halfway through with this this big buildup i mean we start the first chapter with duncan under observation you know yeah he's he's the first line in this book you know that i, I remember talking about that yep, being like yeah yeah um and and now like literally at the pretty much the exact halfway point duncan gets his memories back or or at least a, enough of them right um it feels like just just a really it's it's the point where things turn you know we go into like this this next unknown and then to have these three characters specifically locked in this room together pretty much it just feels like really good storytelling you know to have this whole like a and b plot where um you know our 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 groups of characters are like converging ever smaller you know it's like waf is with odrade and shiana um taraza is really the only one who's separated right now yeah yeah she Um, is and then yeah to have teg with his like fatherly atreides instincts and lucilla with her sly seduction and duncan with his reawakened personality and and these three characters together it's like what is going to happen yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's it's there's a great variety of like putting these characters in different groups and in different scenarios where we get to see a lot of 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 how they react to different things, you know we're we're getting to to see a lot of different sides of uh of of all of these main characters, which is awesome. True. Um. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I I, I was gonna say something else. I forget what I was gonna say. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I, yeah, just uh, this is the best that Herbert has handled his cast of characters possibly ever. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm thinking back like I I love the the interplay between all his characters in the first Dune book. But I think a lot of what I go back to when I think about that is um, like the first quarter or so of the novel when you still have the Duke alive, when like Kynes is introduced, like the dinner yeah. table scene, like yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah. Because after that, um, Paul and Jessica are separated for so long. Um, you know, it's it's not that the characters don't interweave, because of course they do. But this this feels like it's even more focused on a on a larger cast for a longer amount of time is all. Um, yeah. 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 And you know, I, he, he hasn't killed off like all his characters yeah, like that, in the first part. That's, so. that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting a lot more of the, of the main characters. Um, what I was going to say is that it's all, I, I, I also um, enjoyed having a good chunk of uh, time with a pre-awakened Duncan Gola. You know, because that was such a great part of Messiah with hate, totally, um, and and actually seeing the awakening again, like like that's that's one of the parts that I I you know definitely did miss out on in God Emperor. Um, yeah, you know we 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 kind of had the, the, the these Duncans already reset, and uh, yes, yeah, it wasn't as interesting as as watching the torment and the transition, uh, the torment of the transition. True. Yeah, and even like you said too that um that this process is different too. So it's like especially important for us to see it. What I like about it, the line is um the line is something like that the the scars are left in the the one who facilitates the process rather than the gola. Yes. You know. Yes. Yep, that's the main difference. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So they they change it because at first, it weakened the so the Gola, and this is a better process for like keeping them unscathed throughout the change. But that the consequences don't go away; they're just within another person. Like yeah. Teg is forced to endure, you know, ever, ever greater uh, pain to to himself. Yeah. Um, with with real no real concern from the order, you know that the take is just constantly used and made to um, shoulder these burdens. You know he's like a, a workhorse, really that ha- has never been allowed rest. Yeah, you know yeah. doesn't even get retirement. Just um, is is forced to absorb all of this trauma for the sake of the Bene Gesserit and um you know and call it calls it love exactly yep yep he's he's been a tool his entire life yeah so uh, so this was a a tough one for him and yeah a tough one to read absolutely yeah and and it's it, it is interesting that all these years later and w- with the change of tactics there always there always has to be trauma involved to yes to awaken these memories yeah it is it's important that there's a cost too right like it it, that's what makes it feel like there's complexity to it and 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 that it's not just as simple as like well so you can just revive anyone right 
you know, um, that there's like a, a toll you need to pay. Yep. Yep. Uh, in order to do these things that are like inhuman, essentially, it's not completely removed from Leto transitioning from human to worm. You know, no. it's no, you're right. There's a threshold that you have to pass in order to be something else that causes you to lose something too, and that's very important story wise. Yeah, I, I mean, as as I'm sure Lita would say, is you know these Duncans are not the originals, and they're not the 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 the, the pre awakening, you know, goals that they once were. They're something different altogether. Yeah. Um. So that that's very interesting too word yeah all right man uh shall we go on to our last chapter let's do it okay this is another uh this is another big one this yep. is a real kind of you know kind of a cliffhanger i really mm, like I know, I know sometimes it feels like us reading in these five chapter increments um breaks in such a way that like there's there's very real um like beginnings and endings or or like some i guess sometimes it just feels like the flow of the five chapters like leaves off in a way that feels very natural this isn't an abrupt ending this this really feels like a passage into a next part of the book that we'll get to Mm -hmm. go on with our next episode so like it's cool when that lines up and it it almost feels like herbert writes in five chapter increments intentionally too yeah i i i agree if the five chapters for him it it really feels like i mean in in my head they feel like episodes you know like yeah that's it it it, it feels episodic and it has the flow it it, like it i mean his writing just flows in, in a very nice rhythm so i think i think we can kind of ride his wave i guess you know yeah yeah i think so too um for this chapter we get uh waf odrade and shiana uh marching into the desert in order to summon a worm mm-hmm. and very interestingly they they pass by Dar es Blot or Dar Dar es Balat. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, of course, we've heard talked about so much. Mm-hmm. To to have it be shown in a chapter as a physical place in any capacity uh, um, is really cool. But I love particularly that the chapter isn't about it, and that we don't actually go into it. Yeah, they go right. around it. Yeah. So it still feels very mysterious and cut off, but it's it's something you know present that is that is like observed but circumvented at the same time, you know. Yeah. Um. So to have that at all, I think, is really cool. But then, Odrade has a superimposed memory vision. Yeah, um, yes, this is this is where it gets crazy. Yes, of Leto's death. And even more 
intriguing or, or at least interesting to think about the way that their memories work, it's not even a real memory, but enough of her ancestors have seen like reconstructions of the event, like, and it's, it's kind of like focused into a memory. So yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like composited of of like all these right. different like reconstructions and thinking about it and picturing it that she can kind of reconstruct the event through all of those different right it's sources. like sources if you had this power and none of your ancestors ever fought in World War II were never a part of it but they all like watched enough World War II documentaries and you were on Normandy yes. yep you would see it exactly yeah 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 and it's like that's wild <laughs> it's you know crazy i know um but it it's one of those things that makes sense because viewing something having a memory of someone observing something isn't still is a memory it's just not the memory of being present but wow. when you consider how much media it, you know any one person absorbs you know that is still something that you can call upon. So um, I thought it was pretty clever, actually, for Herbert to use it that way, this power. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be reminded in this chapter, like, how large Leto's shadow still looms over everything. And, <sighs> and also that this memory that she has, she she sees it as a warning. She doesn't know what she's being warned about, but it's a warning, right? And the warning becomes important by the end of the chapter. It does. Yeah. Yep. The warning becomes important. Um, before we get to that, um, yeah. I, I just think it's, it's, it's a very odd grouping. Waf, Shiana and, and, and Odrade, I think it's, it's, it's fun imagining them strutting down the, the the you know the road and uh, Waff being you know twenty you know paces ahead. It's just it's just kind of a fun picture in my in my mind that you know he's with them but not really with them and yeah um, I agree yeah and and I mean Odrade does a lot of heavy lifting and in and in, in thinking about what's happening and they're you know alliance with Waff and and all that and Shiana and and what power she actually does have and um getting to see that in person um but yeah I mean the 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 the, the big thing is yeah she is you know getting a warning she 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 is getting a red flag um and before they even see the worm you know, while she's having this vision, she, she, she does think, well, like, could we awaken this pearl of awareness that is said to be in all of these worms on Arrakis, you know, these, the, and, and, um, so that's kind of the fear there. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's a crazy thought. It is, and part of me was braced 
for that to happen in this very chapter. Yeah. When I, yeah, when I read that line, I like, it was one of those things that just like made me chuckle to myself and like shake my head. I was Uh, like, no way. Yeah. But just, it's one of those things too. It's like, regardless of if it happens or not, the fact that, that Herbert weaves it into a part of his universe, uh, I think is what matters. Yeah. The fact that the characters are considering it, the fact that that makes you consider it because either Avenue is just as interesting as the other, you know, if it does happen, Holy fuck. I know that's, but even if it, even if it doesn't, then you're left considering like that. He remains trapped in the never ending Mm. dream. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, It almost doesn't matter what happens because the fact that it's part of the lore and that the characters themselves are aware of it and think about it to themselves um, is what makes it so fascinating to consider. Yeah. And regardless of if these pearls do awaken into anything, Leto is still very much a character in this book. Yeah. You know, like he, he, he still plays a huge role. Yeah. And is you know alive he's alive in these worms um yeah which which is is nuts uh but but yeah i mean it would have been so fucking funny if they summoned the worm and and the mouth opens and it is like it is i leto <laughs> leto two former god emperor like yeah but been... but instead it would have sounded like this hey everybody <laughs> It's me, Weeto. <laughs> and it would have been that that would have been so satisfying coming out of yeah, Warren's mouth. He really feels like Herbert had an opportunity and squandered it's it. It's true, yeah, the that's fool. It's a damn shame. Yeah, um But no no, I mean like you're saying it's like yeah, like Leto remains a character as the worms and you think about you know, of course, the impact that he's had on the universe that got us here. But, you know, even the entire organization of the priesthood. And so by extension, every character within the priesthood and basically all the things that are happening to Shiana is all a direct result of Leto's existence. You know, yep. they they are a religion based around uh, Leto himself. And yep. so, yep. Um, yeah, his influence uh, just cannot be removed from this book as it should be. That's the mm-hmm. whole point. Yep. Um, absolutely. But it, it does reading through heretics does elevate God emperor in a way in my mind. I, I feel yeah. like uh, even though like I continue to say like there are were, were plenty of times where it felt like reading through God emperor may have been um a bit of a slog or there were things I didn't like about it, but, but retroactively, I think heretics has been so good and the ways that it deals with the fallout from God emperor has been so intriguing to me that it makes me appreciate God emperor more as well. After yeah, the fact, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I was a big God emperor sympathizer even before we finished it, but it, it's, it's great to think about retroactively, especially with this new knowledge we have gained um, in Heretics. 
Um, yeah, other cool things in this chapter. I mean, they 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 do talk about the uh, you know the incident on the bridge. Odrade is kind of telling Shiana about it. Um, and they talk about the spice horde. Yep. Um, that that the pal that Leto's palace was torn down during the famine times because they thought right. that there was a spice horde in there. There was not. Uh, Shiana says that they they still say that it's in a cave somewhere. So I guess it, the the spice horde has not been found. Uh, right. And, and right. we know we we know there is a spice horde in um, uh, C. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you would think that would be like the first place people would look, given mm, how know. important it is throughout history. Yep. So maybe it's been used, uh, relocated, split up. Um, Who knows? Yeah, right. Doesn't so much, really matter right So now, much time has yeah. passed. It's yeah, but yeah, th- those are all interesting things. Um, and I think Odrade says that um, she believes that Leto planned all of it. Like, yeah, planned um, that the peri generation uh, regranation. You can per- say per- peregrination. Peregrination. Uh, you know, went down that path, and and I mean that while that is very true um i mean i think she believes more planning went into it than actually did yeah i think i think leto has been so influential and demonstrated his power in in such impressive ways that he's given even more credit than he's worth because Mm -hmm. when lucilla's in the no globe uh, she also mentions w- when she's musing on why Leto allowed them to build it. Her first thought is like, well, to drain their resources, right? Yep. But then she thinks, what if it was for us to be here in the future? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 She does think that. And uh, it's another one of those things where it's like I, the answer doesn't matter you could either agree with Lucilla and be like, yeah, that's possible. Or, you know, if you decide to be more skeptical, that's fine too, because either way it adds something to Leto's character, depending Mm -hmm. on how you interpret that moment. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I mean, the, 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 the way Leto's prescience works and how his personality is, I would say he did allow that, the no glow to be, to be built there. So something, like what is happening now could happen no no exact uh reasons though you know he he i feel like he purposefully just just left a lot of wiggle room and a lot of slack in places where he he think or he 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 thought that uh there could be big events that that could happen in in uh, those areas you know and i think I, I i do think we are still seeing some of that play out today uh yeah but it's not as finely tuned as everyone seems to believe you know yeah i i like that interpretation because it feels akin to um how paul would observe the time nexuses ne- next we did this before too nexies ne- it doesn't matter next whatever the yeah. The sex cult. There we go. 
gross (laughs) as Tang would say gross (laughs) uh but it's right it's not so much that you know what will happen but within the the mind of a powerful prescient viewer like you are you are aware of where the threads of time uh interweave yes yes absolutely yeah it it very well could be something like that uh yeah, a, sp- a surprisingly uh, awesome, like, fleshing out of lore and history in this chapter. Um, and and done well enough as, like, a setup for what happens next, too. Because yes. Chiana does indeed dance to summon the worm. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, <laughs> that's another thing... That is uh, attributed to Leto because when she calls the worm Shaitan, Odrade thinks like, "Oh, Leto, you called that." Yeah, you know? yep. that he will be known exactly. as Shaitan. He, he predicted that as well. Yeah. Um, so that one's true, but it, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it continues to be funny the ways in which, you know, like we mentioned too, that that the history is um, interpreted either what we deem is like accurately or inaccurately. So that's another cool thing to have floating in this chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to Toledo himself, I mean, there, there is no accurate history or inaccurate history. It's all just ever changing based on perceptions and, uh, right. You know, um, prejudice. So, yeah. Time is just a motivational stork. It is waiting that's, in the waters. That's what we say here at Dune Dudes, <laughs> and also motivational stork LLC. Yes, indeed. Uh, but yeah, so she summons the worm. Uh, Waff is in complete awe. Odrade is trying to like absorb as much information as possible. Yep. She's like, well, if I die, I might as well just like pass on the most clear memories I can manage. Yes. Um. And. Amazingly, not only does Shiana summon the worm, but she has them get on the back to ride it. And for the first time since the only other time it happened, years ago when Shaitan brought her to the city of Keen, the worm moves. It does. It does. Um, yeah, not at first. No. And that that does lead Odrade to to posit that Shiana doesn't control the worms with her voice, but with something else. Yeah, true. There's something else about her that can control the worms or right manipulate them. If you know, perhaps if there were some kind of pearl of awareness within her that mm-hmm. could could communicate with the others. Yeah. Yep. 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 In a in a kind of thing that isn't observed, but could be interpreted as a, a language. Yes. Know? Oh, wow. Wow. We might be getting somewhere now. We, I don't, I mean, I feel good about this theory. I, uh, that it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. A language. Um, which way does the worm go? Not to Keen. They're not going back to Keen. No. No. No, no, no. They are going toward the site of Odrade's warning. Yeah. The, the place of 
the tyrant's demise. Back to where it all began or ended. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, such an awesome line. How about I just read it? Because it's the very last line of this chapter. It is as follows. The tyrant chose his peregrination route with purpose. Shiana had not told her worm to go there. It moved that way of its own volition. The magnet of the tyrant's endless dream drew it back to the place where the dream began. Ooh. I know. It really does. Yes, because it... It just adds so much. It, It really causes me to reflect on how much of Leto's awareness um, is in this worm. You know, what dream or hell exists inside of I know each each worm, you yep. know, I mean yep. and uh and here they are drawn back to this you know, this site where where we know what happened and, and the characters are aware of the history of it, but the reasons for which the worm not only would return, but maybe even would bring these characters there is a total mystery. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to me, too, because, I mean, how Leto described it in God Emperor did seem like an endless torture, an endless hell he was going to live in. Odrade describes it as an endless dream, which makes it a lot more palatable and a lot more nice and fluffy, not as rough around the edges. Um, so that's, that, that, that is interesting that, that difference in in description. Um, yes, but I, I think she uses that term because Leto himself, I think does describe it as an endless dream to Hui when he's talking to her in that passage. So she, it's one of those things where I think, like Odrade may have seen that term used. It may just be like yeah. a shorthand. Yeah. But I do think the meaning behind it is very different. Yeah. Like you're saying. Yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, where, where they end up or, or why they're going that way. We don't know, but um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to, to, to see if there is some sort of awakening or some sort of rectifying of the worm situation right um could it be before we were saying like oh well if duncan's purpose is not to be a quasi tatarak what is the plan but mm. could it be that duncan is just the lever to control shiana and the end goal is to control leto yeah yeah that could very well be the case that could very well be the case. Yeah. Except, now that I say it out loud, I mean, we'll see. But actually, when... It might be this chapter. I think Odrade is thinking about the Pearls of Awareness. And it sounds like from Shwengyu's camp, Shwengyu and the others who follow her are worried about Leto's Pearls of Awareness and Taraza and her followers, I think, dismiss it as kind of a superstitious sort of concern. That's true. Um, That's true. I mean, 
So I don't think they'd be pursuing it in reality. Regardless of if Leto's awareness is in there or wakes up, controlling the worms is also a big boon. Because these worms, more so than than the older version, are uncontrollable and 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 uh, you know are very random in their behavior. Right? That's like a yeah. Big... Good point. So so I I I I think that there's a huge value in just being able to control the worms. Right. Um, and, and also more mention of the fire in their bellies too. That's, uh, that's brought up again, um, more and more. So, yeah. Yeah. They're, they are like a, like this, uh, mobile cave of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, fuck. Yeah. I, I, I think we're at, you know, it it does feel like if if this was formatted as as Dune was, we're kind of at the end of uh, book one or book two or whatever, and and kind of uh, uh, yeah, the first act is over. Yeah, I mean, um, I was gonna say yeah, like you said, maybe even the end of Act Two, but I'm not sure where I would say Act One ends then. So yeah. I mean, at any rate, the with with Duncan regaining his memories and Shiana riding a worm toward um, the site of Leto's death, the the major plot threads that started this book are either uh, you know not ending, but they they are they are tying together. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is a a big, important step. Something is concluded, but it begins the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. We're pushing on into the. Uh... Yeah, we're pushing on to the next level. I'm I'm yeah. super excited. I uh, yeah I for real. I I remain on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Same. I mean to go through such sweeping character changes and then, you know, end the section of our reading is like, man, what a wild freaking ride. I know for real. Uh, These chapters were, yeah. I mean the, with, with not knowing what's going to happen next with Duncan and just to have the last chapter end with the worm ride is, uh, yeah, just really shakes me up. It's like so many, so many things are in the air. Um, it's it's just really exciting. This book is really, really exciting, but it, it just has so much um, depth to it, too. I am really, really loving Heretics. Yeah, really, absolutely. really, 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 really. Yeah, am. yeah, yeah. No, same, same, same here. It's, it's, uh, yeah. It's just been fantastic so far. It's it's been it's been really really great. Um, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Me too, dude. Sweet. Um, yeah, so we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, if you want to email us about Storks or about Dune, we're at Dune Dudes Pod at gmail dot com. Um, on Twitter, we are at Dune Dudes Pod. Um, Eve Six Guy, if you're listening to this, please come on our podcast. Uh, we yeah. gotta make that happen. Uh, you can also follow us at Corrupt TV on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Goodbye. Oh, Lido.